0: And chatter, as you know, I just find reasons to get distracted and yeah. chat to people. I went to my son's first ever parent-teacher meeting there recently, and the teacher said, you "No, know, yeah, he's
1: he's a, he's a chatter, you know, like he can get distracted and me chatting away." And my wife just goes, <laughs> "Well, we know he's mine We know he's mine at the very least." everybody and welcome to Last First Day, the podcast where I, Billy Gleeson, lead guests from all over the entertainment industry back through one more perfect day of school. Why? Well, their schools happen to have reached out and told me that these students were technically one day short of graduation. I know, rubbish. However, due to my magical powers in the space of about 45 minutes to an hour each week, I can walk them through one more perfect day, get them all graduated again, and it's all fine. It's like nothing's ever happened. Now, if you've joined us before, welcome back. It's such a pleasure to have you. If you haven't, I highly recommend going back and checking out some of our old episodes. In previous episodes, we've had Will Buxton from Formula One's Drive to Survive, Rebecca Lowe from the Premier League on NBC. We've had Wilfred Padua, the winner of Boston Comedy Festival. We've had so many more guests. You should go back and check them all out and then get into this week, which is going to be special, and I'm going to tell you why. This week... I have managed to get a 2 for 1 deal as I've got a star of the football world and a star of the wrestling world. So, some of you may know him as Kevin Patrick, some of you may know him as Kevin Egan. Let's just call him our mate Kev, shall we? As I sit down with star of MLS on Apple TV Plus and lead commentator of WWE Monday Night Raw, Kevin Patrick Egan. Consider this my audition tape. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of The Last First Day Podcast. My guest today is the play-by-play announcer for WWE Monday Night Raw, who started out in the business back in Ireland before taking on challenges this side of the Atlantic with the likes of Big Ten Network, the Chicago Fire, Sirius XM, and now is also play-by-play commentator for Apple TV's inaugural season of Major League Soccer. I don't know a busier or nicer person in this business, so forgive me if I talk fast because I'm still in disbelief he found the time in his schedule to talk to little old me, KP, Kevin Patrick, how are you, my friend? Oh, stop at you, with those <laughs> lovely words. How are you keeping? It? It's great to be on with you, Billy. It's a pleasure to have you here, mate. Where about someone talking to you from right now? I know you're all over America at all times. Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, wow.
0: Monday Night Raw here tomorrow night. Doing a game last night at City Field in Queens, New York, and then jumped on the plane via Atlanta today to Little Rock. So excited for the show tomorrow
1: night. Lots of great storylines right now. Brilliant. Yeah, I do want to dive into that. But is this a first in Little Rock, Arkansas? You've been down there before? Yeah, actually, there's been a few firsts of late. A lot of the cities have been repeating, but I had never been
0: to Seattle until last week. Little Rock, Arkansas is a first. And um, funny enough, I was thinking a lot about you mentioned Big Ten Network there. I was thinking a lot about the journey since moving to the US earlier today because the lady who really helped me out in getting my first break as a graphics producer at the Big Ten Network, name was Lisa Cornwell or is Lisa Cornwell, and she's from Little Rock, Arkansas. So I was oh. just thinking about I must drop her a text, drop her a note and say thinking of you.
1: Oh, fantastic. And Seattle was my home for seven years. So I know it really, really well. I should have hit you up with some recommendations. But next time, but mate, to dive into it, you started behind the announced desk of WWE in October of last year, I believe that's right. For the season premiere, an episode filled with title matches, some of the biggest names of the business, and the return of Degeneration generation X. No pressure, Kev, but how were the nerves going into a first day of that magnitude?
0: I was very jittery, to <laughs> say the least, you know, in large part because you, this is a job that just takes time to, mm-hmm. to understand the feel, understand that sense of the moment, when to jump in, when to lay out, when to go to, you know, 11 out of 10 energy versus maybe a more somber tone if someone's been, you know, sent to a local medical facility or something. Right. So it's sort of trying to figure out the ins and outs of the job and meandering your way through. And I think back to October 10th in the season premiere, and it was just it was so much fun. It was it was an electric atmosphere at the Barclays Center. Oh. But I hopefully have come a long way since then. I'd like to think that I'm trying to at least improve each and every week. And hopefully I get there. I'm
1: very grateful to Corey Graves, my, my partner, who's been just helping me along so much each and every week. He's a fantastic person to have at your side. And you and the rest of the team are coming off the heels of an incredible WrestleMania over in Los Angeles. Congratulations to everyone on that. Incredible storylines that you, Corey, Cole, and Wade had been the soundtrack to for months. Is it easier to do your job when the storylines are being so well-received or harder because you feel that pressure to do them justice? That is a brilliant question. You can tell you're in the industry (laughs) when you ask a question like that
0: because I've often thought about this saying, is it easier to commentate or storytell when it comes to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens right now or Cody Rhodes? I actually think it's harder Mm -hmm. in a way. Because everybody's aware of the storyline and you have to somehow try and add to that. And it's a little easier at times when the the match is just, a spontaneous match that's been put on day of and you've got some storylines and you can dive right in. Whereas when Cody's making his entrance on the Monday after a Sunday night main event at WrestleMania and he's just lost to Roman Reigns and you're trying to add to that moment in some way, that can be a challenge, but it's one you want to take head on. And I'm, I'm constantly in awe of Corey how those find moments where you get maybe 10 seconds to add something at the very end of a show. He's just so good at that, picking his words so carefully. And and always, again, like I say, adding to it as commentators, you never want to take away from the moment. You want to try and enhance the moment if you can do that, but it can be a challenge.
1: Yeah. I think to speak about your other business working in the world of soccer or football as well, I guess it's that feeling of commentating a top of the table clash as opposed to mid table with nothing at stake it's a totally different game if you're announcing the cup final and everything is on the line here you're probably going to feel a little bit more jitters than ninth versus 10th in the league and yeah. no one's going down no one's winning a trophy but they're so interesting mate so Having that relationship with Corey that you've developed so well in, honestly, a fairly short space of time thus far, you mentioned about him being so economical with his words and getting him what he can in the space of 10 seconds. Is it like doing a dance between the two of you just to try and get the best story together? Is that how the best team gets the best product out?
0: Yeah, and a lot of it for me is asking questions, putting it to Corey, what makes... Solo Sokoa, so dangerous within the bloodline. You know, you're thinking about all these different angles, getting to know Corey, you get to know his personality, you get to know where his head is at. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, that'll help you construct your questions in the right manner. So a lot of it for me within storytelling is asking questions, at least it should be. It's so much fun and It's an imperfect science. You think about it. You're never going to have an A1 show. You're never going to be perfect at something like this because there's always different ways you can go. It's the same with football commentary. Mm -hmm. It's such a subjective industry. I could tell you that Peter Drury is my favorite commentator. And you could say, well, hang on. Mine is Martin Tyler. Subjective. You're always going to get the Twitter abuse, the haters. And that's okay because at least they're feeling something towards the show.
1: Mm Mm-hmm a different sort of abuse you've received is bodies flying at you, your desk being thrown <laughs> over each and every week. Have you lost count the amount of bodies that have come flying over oh, yeah. the announced desk at yeah, this yeah. point? I think it's been every
0: week since I've been on the job. <laughs> every single week there has been at least one body thrown through the announce desk a couple of weeks ago was Bad Bunny of all people, the (laughs) hottest recording artist on the planet today. And I'm less than a meter away from uh, as he's getting body slammed by Damien Priest through our desk. (laughs) It's a mental job. It's a bonkers job, but it's a brilliant job. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity and loving the journey so far.
1: Do you find yourself getting more nimble as the weeks go on or
0: do you just never get used to that? Oh, no, no. You never get used to that. Um, (laughs) You don't get as surprised by it. Mm -hmm. If that sounds strange, like, like, oh, this could be thrown to your desk and you're trying to avoid close to 400 pounds. It's like second nature then. Yeah. yeah. you you, You sometimes think about it, going, what just happened? Like,
1: how did I end up here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of great storylines, you've been injecting them into the football, soccer landscape for a long time as well. As we speak, we're a couple of months into the first season of the Apple TV Plus coverage of Major League Soccer. Do you find yourself having to jump into different mindsets based on the sport you're covering or do the skills transcend whatever broadcast you're doing? I'm really hopeful that doing WWE and doing football will make me better at both,
0: right? And the idea is, in my mind at least, this is how I'm breaking it down. Because one way you could look at it and say, well, I'm going from Kevin Egan to Kevin Patrick and you're doing two completely different sports. Mm -hmm. It is a challenge because your tone is very different, but ultimately your storytelling. Your storytelling with WWE, you're absolutely storytelling in every single football match that you cover. So it's the same with, you know, you watch Premier League coverage of Rebecca Lowe, who had here on the show, who I really, really admire and look up to in the industry. And Rebecca is constantly storytelling in studio, you know, whether it's through statistics or whether it's through an old story, old quotes, whatever that may be, it's storytelling. And so that's the common denominator between both jobs.
1: And was this something you? always wanted to do were you always that kid growing up looking at or listening to commentators on football games and stuff and yeah. thought that's going to be me someday i'll never forget watching the sunday game as a kid i know the
0: sunday game for anyone from ireland that's listening will know exactly what it is it's an institution in ireland it's gaelic football and hurling and it's the highlights show on a sunday evening and there was a show called glenn row would be on after and stuff thinking back to michael lester hosting that show Or Des Lynham hosting match of the day. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget being a kid and thinking that's the best job in the world. Like they're in the cozy confines of a studio chatting with legends about a game that happened today. Mm -hmm. They're not experts. They're not former players. They're just smooth at what they do. And so, yeah, from an early age, I think I had a real interest in it. Now, I'd be lying if I said I thought I could go on air. Like, I'll, I'll never forget thinking, well, I'll never be on TV. Like I'll never go on air. Like I had that mentality. Even when I was working in TV as a runner, when I broke through in 2004 at ORT, it's our national broadcaster there. I was looking at the directors, looking at the producers, being honest, when I reflect on it now, I think that I always just focused on what was next Mm -hmm. and literally that day or tomorrow. And then I'd say, oh, well, maybe, you know, sub-editing. I could jump into the sub-editing position or how about research. I I think I could do research. I never thought like, well, I don't want to be a director. I want to be the host of the show. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it helped me out in a way because I was able to focus on the present, enjoy the moment never for a second look down on the position of making tea or coffee. Because for me, really, that that gave you access to every room in the building. You're making tea and coffee for a producer, a director, a host, and you're getting to know them. If you're good at it and you're polite mm-hmm. and you get in and out in as quick a fashion as you can and, and, and make a good impression, well, guess what? They might ask you one day in the canteen when they see you. So what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then that's your moment where you can say, well, look, the next position I was looking at is mm-hmm. research, say. Mm-hmm. and. Thankfully, yeah, through RTE, I was able to just do a lot of the work behind the scenes before progressing to on-air radio and on-air TV. So I I think that when you have worked in those positions behind the scenes, you absolutely garner that greater appreciation for what everyone does. And you understand when things go wrong in the control room and you're actually on-air, you understand how to get through that in the smoothest possible fashion without letting your audience at home know. And that's when I look at an Ernie Johnson on TNT or when I look at a Rebecca Law on NBC. You can be sure there's all sorts of stuff going on in the control room, yet they are so unbelievably smooth at at navigating their way through the broadcast. It's just really, it's really admirable.
1: Yeah. I was the same as you. I started out in the industry with teas, coffees, doing all that stuff just to sort of get in front of the right people. You never know who you're going to get in front of someday. And half of those people will agree to do your podcast. So I do recommend those people keep (laughs) doing the hard work and getting out there as best they can, which is Fantastic. But mate, we could talk a lot about all the hard work we've gone through in our lives and a lot of that hard work that came through when we were teens. Sadly, I do have to bring up a little bit more of that because uh, this is always so awkward to bring up. So I'm so sorry, but I got a call earlier this week. I got a call from your school. I couldn't quite hear the name of it at the other end of the phone. What was the name of your secondary school? St. Fintons High School. They called you? Yeah, yeah. St. Fintons High School. And that was in, was it in Dublin? It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sounds yeah. like the right one. St. Fintons have given me a call and I've said, all right, well, who's this about? Because I don't know too many people from over Dublin way. I said, is it Becky Lynch? And they said, no, nah, no, nah. she was up the road. She was, she was a different yeah. school in Dublin. Not quite that one. I said, it's Kevin, isn't it? I said, you got it. Kevin. I said, what has he done? What's happened? He's been out of school a long time. I'm not coming to pick him up from school. They said, no, 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 no. We were going through our files and something terrible has happened. I know you host a podcast where you were able to rectify this sort of issue. I said, go on. What is it? He said, he was technically one day short of graduating. I said, that Is ridiculous. The fella's not got the time for these sort of shenanigans. He's in Little Rock, Arkansas right now. He's all over the country. He's just come from Queens, New York, over to Little Rock, Arkansas. He don't have time to be going back to Dublin. He's got a big show to do. I was defending you, mate. I was defending your honor. I was doing what the bloodline and what they all do for Roman Reigns. I was doing that for you because I said, that is not happening. And they said, maybe we can work out a deal. And I said, all right, maybe we can. What's the deal? And they said, you know what? If you on your podcast lead him through one more perfect day of school, we'll overlook it. We'll make sure he's all graduated again and everything is fine. So, mate, from your spot in Little Rock, Arkansas right now, will you relive one more perfect day of school with me? I would love to. Fantastic. fantastic. So, the last first day of Kevin Patrick. Here we go, Kevin. Tell me a little bit more about St. Fintan's. You said whereabouts was it? What was it like? Just give us sort of the geographical setting. All right. So St. Fintan's High School in Southern County
0: Dublin, about fifteen minutes or so uh, from the city centre. Actually, that's all. Okay. Was um, you know a public public high school that overlooked the water. overlooked a beautiful peninsula in Dublin, which we absolutely took for granted. You know, I think back to the days of sitting in school and I'd just be daydreaming and looking out the window, but you're looking out at a beautiful beach and a peninsula. That's just gorgeous, natural, rugged landscape of Ireland. I loved every single day. Would I want to go back to school? No. For this one day, do I want to go back to school? Absolutely. Um, I still keep in touch with loads of the lads and uh was back in September mm-hmm. and met up with a bunch of them and we just swapping school stories is the best fun ever. And mm-hmm. the thing is, Billy, I don't know if it's very good for this podcast, but the lads learn quickly that I have a brutal memory. Really? i like, talking about lads in school. They mentioned one guy and I said, who's, who's that? And they said, Kev, he sat behind you for a few years. <laughs> I said, I don't
1: remember. Kev, he's sat behind you right now. He's here at the drinks right now. <laughs> I I don't I like I don't know what it is. I, I don't know whether it's all the travel and,
0: and moving from you know Dublin, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta, whatever it may be. But I just don't remember a lot of what the lads remember. The lads were talking about these moments in school with these intricate details of then the principal did this, and do you remember this fella ran? And I'm like,
1: I am, I'm loving the fact that you all remember this because I haven't got a Scooby Doo at what you're talking about? <laughs> I think I went to a different school. I must have gone to a different <laughs> yeah. school up the road and we caught up afterwards. That's bad. Yeah. Was it an all boys school? All boys school. All and boys. we had an all girls school
0: about about a mile away or less but a half a mile away called Santa Sabina. Like Becky Lynch went to Mount Temple. So mm. Becky would have gone one way on the bus in the morning and I would have gone the other way. So we would have been... Becky went to the same school actually as Bonham. Really? Like, isn't that funny? Yeah. Like, you you say things like that, and people are like, Ireland's a small country. Like, you must know Bono, and people always laugh about it. When you say, like, Becky Lynch, one of the greatest exports today from Ireland, went to the same school, Mount Temple, as Bono. (laughs) That's pretty cool.
1: My school, actually, there was a few people who went to my school that went on to be somewhat of a name. But I remember one of our biggest rivals was actually Dartford Grammar School. And we would go in there to play rugby and all these pictures up on the wall of all the teams that have ever played rugby for Dartford Grammar School. And our rival school, Mick Jagger, there's just like right there, knee knee on a ball. And you're just like, wow. And so, yeah, when everyone says to you, you probably know Mick Jagger and like John Lennon and Paul McCartney, (laughs) didn't you? It's like, well, actually, I was closer than I think. But- No, I don't. I don't know them. That is absolutely mad. Were you and Becky about same age? Were you going to school i I'm a couple of years older. A couple of years older. So it would have been just a slight bit of difference. And then Bono, a little bit older than that. So it didn't quite overlap there. But let's go back to the very, very start of your day then before you properly get to St. Fintan's. What was the routine like? What sort of time did you get up in the morning? What was your breakfast like and the commute to school? It was mayhem, it was <laughs> absolute mayhem. Because we, we grew up in a family, there were seven of us,
0: the five five kids, mom wow. and dad, and we're all at, at different ages. My dad worked so hard mm-hmm. his entire life to set up a business from nothing. And he was gone a lot of, like early in the morning, he'd try and sometimes make porridge oatmeal the night before and leave it sit for us and have us eat that the next morning. And at least breakfast was done, essentialism. And my mom, who also worked, was a radiographer and she'd now. have to get at one stage the five of us were in five different schools and she's trying to get us all out the door to school mm-hmm. and i have two kids and think things are busy like I, I still can't get over how my parents had five and managed what they'd managed with five different schools at one point like i said yeah and um, i think back to, to the early mornings and how useless i was like to think that i had Deep. little sisters and I'm the one going, oh, just five more minutes in bed. And they're like, they must have been going, come on, man. You're in
1: high school. Now help us out here a little bit, will you? we get up, I'd eat Weetabix. Do you remember Weetabix? Of course. I love Weetabix. I still I do. Yeah, but the problem is, Billy,
0: weedabix there's just nothing in it. There's, there's nothing in it. in it. My mom would be saying, you have a great appetite in the morning, cat. I'd eat five Weetabix, right? So i go down and have five Weetabix with a lot of sugar on it. And then by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm starving <laughs> and I'm sitting in school daydreaming again because there's nothing of substance in my system and I'm starving. I'm ready to go for the first lunch break, which is only 15 minutes before we the one hour lunch break. But yeah, the mornings in our house were just crazy. And there was a kid down the road who I'd always have to take to the bus and we'd get the bus together and stuff because he was a couple of years younger and he was a shy guy. So he'd be always knocking on the door and you're like, nowhere near ready. Yeah, we were a shambles in our house, but in <laughs> the best possible way. I'd love to relive all those crazy moments again.
1: <laughs> I think my favorite thing about Weetabix is always on the front of the box where they've got the beautiful strawberries and blueberries and honey <laughs> drizzled all over it. It's like no one's ever had no. that. It's just drown it in milk, shuck a bunch of sugar on it, and you're done. That's it. No one's getting all their little fruit compote together to mm. chuck on top of the Weetabix. So what was your ideal breakfast? Was there a good day of breakfast or was Weetabix the preferred back then?
0: No, I mean, I mean, the, the good day is Sunday when dad is home and, and maybe he makes a fry. But no, every single day was just either Weetabix or Ready break was the I other one that No, It was just so easy. Yeah. You eat a milk for 40 seconds and in you go. So I didn't realize back then, that I have a fairly severe enough allergy to lactose. Oh, so really? I'd be going to school and by that 10 o'clock window that I talked about, I'd be sneezing like crazy every day. And oh. had to be looking at me going, why are you sneezing again? I remember getting an allergy test done. They never checked for milk or lactose. So right. I don't drink it anymore and have the coconut milk or almond milk or oat milk or whatever else, but I, I'm better for it. Mm-hmm. I can breathe. But, uh, <laughs> but back then in school, man, I'd, I'd have the tissues out nonstop sneezing.
1: Wow. And then you said you got the bus. Was it like a school coach or was it like the public bus to school? Public bus. Yeah. 31A,
0: 31B or 32B. And 32B, it drop you about a half a mile from school. So every time that came, you're like, oh, do I just risk? waiting for a 31 mm-hmm. and it may not come like it's classic in dublin you could be waiting a half an hour for a bus and then three of them come at the same time yep that was the crack with school every morning <laughs> just waiting out in the cold and be about a 15
1: minutes journey to school would you just chat with the kid you took to the bus or did you have like a playlist of tunes you'd have in your ear going to school back then yeah. sure, what, were, what were you talking about there's the age gap between you and i on show here i'm a few Fairly. years old i, was, then, I don't you know, know what era of ireland you think you grew up there's like four years between you and i yeah but i'm saying the four years when it comes to technology is a big difference so back then like i had the
0: cds of yeah. now 25 or whatever else yeah. or now 29 all those things, but. You never had a device where you could bring it to school, which no chance. So I was, I was chatting away to the, to the neighbor or who, whomever else was at the bus stop. Yeah. And then you get on the bus and you're just hoping that there's a few girls from San Sabina on the bus, <laughs> as you do.
1: So you didn't even have like a Walkman or anything? Because I was cool. thinking you could have gone to the tape, and you never had that. No one did. Like, I can't remember
0: getting on a bus and seeing a kid going to school, listening to music.
1: Really? Ever. Yeah. The and old era where people talk to each other one on one. Yeah, slagging each other, (laughs) whatever it may be, or in my case, scrambling because you didn't do your homework yeah and you're scrambling to get something done or, or trying to find someone in your class to copy their homework yeah 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 you got the bus seat next to you and mates pulled his homework out you've got his homework next to you yours on your lap as you're going over every single bump thinking you're going to oh. get it done in 10 minutes no and you're assessing teachers too this is the worst thing
0: this is awful when i think about it now you're assessing you're, you're singing like I, i've got three classes now where i didn't really complete my homework mm-hmm. Which teacher is going to follow through with the punishment? <laughs> it's true. Like, the French teacher was a little bit of a pushover. Mm-hmm. hate to say it, but he was. So you're like, all right, I'll leave off the French. If you didn't do your maths, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you're looking
1: at a Friday detention. So... <laughs> it was all calculators should have just did the damn homework it right? should have i had a biology teacher who she would always give you detention but a detention wasn't that bad you go to a detention at the end of a school day and she would just chuck on some music she had a little stereo in the room and you just have a chat she even offered us tea one time, so I'm thinking. Actually, it's not so bad if if she ends up giving us the detention. Sometimes, didn't do my biology homework on purpose, so I got that at the end of the day. So, you've got to the school. You're about 15 minute trip to get to St. Vincent's. and when you're there, I like to get the bad stuff out of the way first on the podcast. So, what are the classes you wanted? Nowhere near your schedule. We'll make sure to get those out of the way first. You may be pulling a sickie if you see a class like this pop up. I actually think a lot of them depended on the teachers. Really? Uh, Yeah. If
0: I had a good teacher and an engaging teacher and a teacher that gave you confidence and motivation and a charismatic teacher that would work the room, like, I would want to be in that class. I don't know why that is. It wasn't like I gravitated towards a certain subject. I'm saying that I I did love geography. I always loved geography. I did enjoy maths, actually. Some subjects I just didn't like science parts of science like physics the physics class would just go over my head Mm -hmm. in biology like when we're dissecting the inside of an earthworm i remember doing that one day and thinking what am I getting out of this? What life lesson is <laughs> dissecting this poor earthworm going to offer me today? I'm never going to do this again. No. I'm not just going to go out to the back
1: garden and find a worm and decide to figure out where the worm's intestines lie. And you're going to be looked at really weird if you do decide to do that. The neighbours are going to be really troubled yeah. by the bloke who's just cutting open all the worms in the back garden. You know, and I know other skills that did it to other small creatures. You're like, why aren't we in a class right now that teaches
0: us financial stability or how to shake someone's hand, how to set a table, Mm -hmm. right? Teach me a little bit about, you know, table manners. Mm -hmm. Um, Teach me
1: about how to change a tire on a car. Yeah. Like, These are are the things that we we should have been learning instead of the inside of an earthworm. Inside of an earthworm, (laughs) we were skipping past job interviews, how to maybe conduct yourself in a job interview. I know people that I was lucky enough, I had a uniform at school, so we were always wearing basically a suit and tie. I was very fortunate because most kids back in the UK, you knew how to wear a suit and how to tie a tie. Did you have a uniform at your school? Yeah, we had to have
0: the tie, had to be up the hallway. This was an all boys Catholic school. It's very strict on that, very strict on type of shoes. Even little things like your hair length. One or two guys in the class just would always try and let their hair go and the teachers get on something about it. Like silly stuff like that. Kids today are able to express themselves far more than we were back then.
1: Yeah, we had last two years of our school was sixth form and girls were sort of came into six one we were all boys before that point but i remember yeah if the jewelry was too big they weren't mm. allowed to wear it. it had to be like very small dainty necklaces the ties had to be very specific in length your shoes had to be very specific you almost couldn't have like any garish buckles or anything like that on your shoes they had to be as plain black as possible yeah. but i didn't even realize back then what an important lesson it was to learn how to tie a tie came over to america and the amount yeah. of people didn't know how to tie a tie because they went to school in street clothes and I was teaching countless kids how to tie a tie. It was mad. I honestly think
0: they should introduce a life class. And yeah. it's just, it's about life. And it's even chats about life. Like, have chats with students about one day dying. Like, yeah. I know it sounds morbid and ridiculous to even bring this up bottom, but but just Larger conversations that make you think rather than the inside of an earthworm. I'm always going back to that earthworm. But I keep going back to the earthworm. But I do think, I do think all those things are important. Like we, we had religion class and our religion teacher, absolute legend of a guy like Gabriel McQuillan. I'm giving him a shout out on here. And oftentimes, sorry, sir, hate to do this to you, but we'd have sports quizzes in religion class and he take out fifty p and he's like, all right, fifty p for
1: the winner. Here we go. <laughs> Question number one. And you're going around the class like this is brilliant. <laughs> that's fantastic. See, that's a good teacher though, because he brings that's almost like having a good boss in the field. A yeah. good boss brings out the fun side of things as well, as well as getting the job done. So that's fantastic to have there. and
0: everyone loved him, you know? Yeah. Like and this is gone back to the the meeting up with the lads in September for points. Mm-hmm. We all talked about the teachers that would have loved it if they were sitting there with us you know and i still keep in touch with that one teacher and i don't keep in touch with with any other teachers actually now that i think about it he's he's pretty much the only one because he's football mad gaelic football mad and just proud i think of one of his students living in america and and doing a couple of cool things he's proud of so many of his students that he'll keep in touch with them and then there's other teachers that quite honestly a lot of us talked about it with zero interest in keeping in touch with them just because of the way they treated us yeah. back then. You don't forget that stuff.
1: No, you don't. And there was the odd teacher that was sort of hard for a reason. There are teachers yeah. I look back on and I think, you know what? I might not have liked that teacher then, but I've taken quite a few lessons out of that. And then there are teachers you look back on where you're like, no, oh, they were just mean. They got joy from making kids feel like crap. And that's terrible. That's not what I'm Like, like the in-betweeners. Like yeah. the teacher in the in-betweeners. Yeah. <laughs> that character is absolutely brilliant. Anyway, your bad classes. I think... You mentioned some of your bad classes, even though you said it was mainly because of the teachers, but we've got physics we're going to put on the shelf because you weren't really hacking that one. And biology dissection of the earthworms, we know you've got a big vendetta against that one. We're making sure. not a fan of earthworms. (laughs) Not not a fan of them. And, uh, And Billy, I was
0: a dosser. I wanted to get away from class as quickly as possible, do anything in my power to not be in class. Yeah. I was president of the student council. Like I was on every sports team. I played badminton, you know, I, oh. I, I played soccer, Gaelic football. Brilliant. Uh, I was brutal at hurling and I played hurling, but I, I tried to play everything. And I tried to sign up to be on the student council and all these other things that uh, would get me out of class. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed the classes that had engagement and they weren't just about studying the numbers or, you know, using a ruler in physics class. That's
1: brilliant. Well, let's find those three classes that gave you the perfect engagement and we're going to place them strategically through your day. So what is the first class in your day? If you were to pick, you may have mentioned it already, but what are you starting the day with? PE. Let's get going with
0: PE. So we'll not- be honest. Absolutely, I'm starting with PE. We had a teacher called Mr. Cabinet. He was like a sergeant major, but he was he was brilliant. So I'd go back to one of his classes any day.
1: So I'd probably start with PE. PE is controversial on this podcast. I've come to discover not because really? not because people didn't like sport or anything, more <laughs> due to the placement in the day. And you have placed it possibly in the most controversial portion of the day because yeah, PE at the start you yeah. stink the rest of the day you think yeah. oh yeah you got the kids can go to the showers or whatever you know the kids at school won't go into the showers they're just chucking the uniform back on everyone stinks the rest of the day so are you sticking with your answer of pe at the start of the day i'm gonna make a change uh-oh you're right. You're absolutely right. in What you're
0: saying. It makes no sense to put PE first. That if was a schoolboy error on my part. I'll start the day with a bit of geography, mm-hmm. the world view. Then we'll go English, and then we'll
1: do um,
0: we'll do business. How about that?
1: Geography, English, business. I like it. Okay. Geography. Is there a specific teacher that was in geography that made geography worthwhile? I think we had Mr. Keegan for geography, but he was also an English teacher, too. He was a very good teacher. You mentioned that he was usually the charismatic teacher and stuff, but was geography a bit more the subject matter? You just really, really enjoyed geography? Yeah, I enjoyed like stupid small things, like
0: learning about the difference between a stratus cloud or a, a cumulus cloud, <laughs> yeah. or like understanding about rivers and erosion and deposits and just those basic things. But then also the worldview of geography as well. I always found it fascinating. I I liked history too, but I would say geography because you need to understand geography in life. You've traveled the world. I've traveled the world. Again, I think about how those classes helped shape me. There's a reason I had no interest in certain subjects because I just knew that, you know, in time... I'm probably not going to be dissecting an earthworm again. Yeah. It's like when I was in college, Billy, we were studying shorthand. Yeah, I remember thinking, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. The technology, there's no way we're going to be using shorthand. Never. We've got these
1: devices now that record audio. Like, come on. We're fine. AI is going to get us through this. Teach me how to use chat GPT so exactly. I can just get exactly. on with it. So geography, I think is a great place to start. I loved geography. You also mentioned your love of history and of religion as well. And I also think, kind of all of those go sort of hand in hand because at least in my experience in the UK, and it sounds like it was the same in Ireland too, religion is more taught as a bit more of a world view. It's not trying to get you to think a certain way at all. It's just more teaching you about the various religions. I'm not a religious person myself, but I found that class interesting for that reason. Me too. Geography to start the day with Mr. Keegan. Did you have like a mid-morning break? You kind of mentioned it earlier on. You had about a 15-minute break. So we'd go two classes, mm-hmm. then we'd have a 15-minute break, then three classes,
0: then a one-hour break, and you'd wrap up the day with three classes.
1: Oh, my uh, word. I'm, I'm taking you, it easy on you giving you three total. This is really the perfect day. Every class was 45 minutes.
0: On a Friday, the last three classes of the day, they were a half an hour, you know? I felt like the teachers were dusting then at that point because they'd <laughs> always arrive in about 10 minutes late. Yeah. So by the time they arrive in, you're like i only got 20 minutes here. There's no way they're going to check everyone's homework. You know, there's no way they're going to do it around. One of the stupidly small memories that comes to mind now is just having a sweaty back after yeah. playing football for an hour. Yeah. And then that one class after the lunch break, like everyone goes back in, everyone's been sweating and like killing each other on the football pitch on foot by football pitch. I mean, just concrete yard. Oh Yeah. Um, that we played on and you're just soaked in sweat after like playing this world cup final (laughs) outside with all these guys and then you're trying to lean up against the radiator in the classroom (laughs) just to dry off a little bit it's disgusting
1: you never brought a change of clothes thinking oh i'm gonna go and play football and go you just go hard every day and just and i remember the amount of times the same as you mentioned when you would play on those concrete football pitches and of course someone had to play goalie someone still has to play goalie regardless the amount of times you're going home and you got just your the knees torn open on the trousers mum is fuming and you're just like mum you don't understand it was next goal wins it was the best save you've ever seen you had to be there I am sorry about the trousers yeah, I yeah, am exactly. <laughs> exactly one day you'll understand early break you maybe slipped in a little bit of football during that 15 minutes would you play during that mid-morning break too no but it, 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 that, that was one
0: where like the Weedabix had worn off <laughs> everybody was in the yard at that the 15 minute break, like there was too many people in the yard. Whereas the one hour break, a lot of people would go home and uh, right. a lot of people would walk up to the local town and, you know, maybe grab a chocolate bar and a bag of crisps up there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of us would stick around and play football. So the first break was about getting to the canteen and getting in line as quickly as you could. And they had these massive big sausage rolls, like these big sausages that you, like I was starving at that point because the Weedabix didn't want them for me.
1: You replenish for 15 minutes and then you're going into English. I don't know if you mentioned a teacher with the English. Was there a teacher in English who made it or worthwhile?
0: Yeah, I mean Mr. Keegan is, was a teacher for geography and English, probably not at the same time, but he's the one that comes to mind for English because when I was doing my leaving cert, which is the final exams in, in Ireland, he was the teacher then for the leaving cert English class. And he was he made you think, you know, and that was one of the best parts about that class was you always felt engaged. Like I could think back to the classes now where I knew going in, you're daydreaming here. You're you're not going to be able to stay focused. And that was always a problem for me. I needed to be engaged. I'm in shatter. As you know, I just find reasons to get distracted and chat to people. I went to my son's first ever parent-teacher meeting there recently. And the teacher said, you
1: know, yeah, he's... He's a a chatter. You know, like he can get distracted and he can be chatting away and my wife just goes. (laughs) Well, we know he's mine. We know he's mine at the very least. (laughs) Fantastic. So we've got the day laid out all the way up to lunch right now. So you've got geography, you've got that 15-minute break, you've got English with Mr. Keegan, who really made you think. That's wonderful. Then we're getting to lunch, and this is one of the most important questions of the day. Did you bring or did you buy? Bring. Would bring most of the time. Honestly, just whatever's quickest.
0: A sandwich. It was always a sandwich wrapped in tin foil. You'd end up getting tin foil, throwing it at someone in your class. A bit of fruit and a sandwich. Yeah. Maybe like I used to get teased in school because uh, just joking with the lads because my mom was American. Mm-hmm. So I'd have peanut butter and jelly sometimes. So they'd be like, oh, you're peanut butter and jelly? Did you change your diaper this morning? <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you take out the trash and they'd love it the lads would love that i don't think americans realize how american peanut and jelly is because truly until i moved here age 19 i don't think i had one you've only ever heard about it on tv same goes the other direction one of the sandwiches i had all the time was cheese and pickle sandwich cheese and pickle sandwich cheese and pickle you ever have cheese and branston pickle have you ever had that no Oh, mate, that's the four years of difference between you and I again, isn't it? The cheese and pickle sandwich, you'd have that, are. I don't know if it's a London thing, if it's an England thing, what it is. I tell you what, it's fantastic. I feel like you would hate it, but it's fantastic. It's an acquired taste. What kind of sauce would you put on? it? So Branston pickle, if you're not familiar with Branston pickle, it's kind of like its own sauce. It's almost like a relish-like pickle. So don't be thinking of like a dill pickle. Okay, okay. I'm sure sure the cheese choice was crucial. Cheese choice is absolutely crucial. If you're not going sharp cheddar, you've got it all wrong. You're overthinking it if you're going anywhere else but sharp (laughs) cheddar. Cheese, pickle, and then, I don't know if you discovered this, maybe your mum was already like this, I'm not sure. Back in the UK and in Ireland, I feel like a lot of times a sandwich is very basic. It's basically two slices of bread, and then you've got, like, meat, and then either butter or mayo or whatever you've got spread on it. Here it's all, oh, two slices of bread, and then you got maybe a couple of meats, a cheese, your lettuce, your tomato. Yeah, nice dill pickle on that. And I'm like, hang on, this is a process. This is a big, big commitment here in America. I know, but you're making me hungry talking about <laughs> the American sandwich
0: versus the Irish, which might have been just simply two slices of bread, a bit of mayo, and those sliced cheese things yeah. as you take out of the plastic wrapper. Yeah. Like, that's what you might have had for a sandwich back in the day, <laughs> which is a plain cheese. Sandwich. Honestly, mine were. Like you say, ham and cheese or peanut butter and jelly and the lads have not field there with that.
1: That's fantastic. So we've got the lunch sorted there. That sounds like a great lunch to get you into the final class of the day. Your business studies, was there a great teacher to come with that or great stories in your business studies? Teacher-wise, we rotated in and out. But I'll be honest, at the time, I was thinking I'd love to be an
0: entrepreneur. Like my dad, mm. my dad was my idol. Look up to my dad. And My dad started from scratch and I'd always be looking at him, around it. Other people that started from scratch and managed to work their way up, depending on what they were in. And, and I had an idea in my head that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what I'd do. And I didn't also know that I'd be probably terrible at it. So I, I'm glad I went into a different field. Yeah. yeah, business was just cool because it taught you about things you're going to have to work through throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You know, Even today, I found myself a few days ago flying to Los Angeles. And I nearly used the whole flight trying to study business and finance. Because we're just at an age where you want to make sure you're you're protecting your future, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you think back to those classes, you're like, that was pretty cool. We were studying business mm-hmm. and finance back then. Um, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about life classes. Like that was one of the few classes that you look at and say, well, that was really
1: beneficial. Mm. Mm-hmm. If anyone's ever sat next to you on a flight moving forward and sees you with a book on earthworms, and it's just like this lion, yeah. he said he hated it. Right, mate, so we're going to have a quick speed back through your day before we get to the very, very final thing here. So let me have a quick recap for everybody at home. You went to St. Fintan's about 15 minutes from Dublin, an all-boys Catholic school. Santa Sabina was about half a mile away. It wasn't Mount Temple where Becky Lynch and Bono went. You woke up in the mornings. You were probably the last one out of bed of the seven kids going to five different schools, putting your uniform on. Dad might have made porridge the night before, or you've run down or grabbed Weetabix or ready brick, preferably maybe the Sunday fry-up would be in front of you. Since it's the perfect day, let's say that it was a Sunday fry-up that was in front of you. Both parents worked, so you had to take the kid down the road to the bus. There was no music. You didn't have Walkman. You didn't have a Discman, anything like that. You just chat and you just hope people are on there to have good crack. Then when you get to school the bad is out of the way there's no physics there's no biology worms are absolutely nowhere near your schedule but you're going into the good which starts with geography with mr keegan you're learning about clouds you're learning about your cumulus clouds and your river deltas all your good stuff then you've got a 15 minute break and then you are going to the canteen to grab massive sausage roll because the wheat has done absolutely nothing to start you out for the day then you're jumping back into english mr keegan's there again that's absolutely brilliant major thing is asking you about lady Macbeth and what you think of about it and is actually giving you things to think about, which is going to be really important for the future, unlike some other classes. Then you're going into lunch. You bring in a PB&J. You're getting teased about it for being American, but more the fool them. They don't know. It's bloody delicious. You've taken a tinfoil, thrown it back at them because they don't know how good the sandwich is. Then after that, you go into business class because you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You're absolutely fascinated by that. A great class to have before you get to the final part of the day. And the final part of the day is you have to go into the schools, great hall, or auditorium, whatever it was. We had assembly. And you have to give advice to the kids of today. So the kids of today that are at St. Vincent's who are sat there looking up to you, maybe want to be like you, maybe they want to get into this field, or maybe they just want to succeed in life. And you can give them a little bit of advice on either what to do or what not to do. What advice are you sharing with the kids of today, Kevin? I know
0: it sounds so simple. Have fun. Don't take life too seriously. Mm. We don't know if we have time on our side. Just enjoy yourself and do a better job than I did at remembering those intricate details about class. I would love to go back and speak to the class. My final day at Fintons, I was a student council president. So I had to give the speech on behalf of the students. And I'll never forget how nervous I was doing that. Oh, my God, I was so nervous. My parents were there. All the parents were there. I think, you know, education is crucial, obviously. Life experiences are as important. And remembering that this is going to come and go in no time mm-hmm. and you'll hopefully stay in touch with a lot of these guys and, and girls you're, you're in class with, but, uh, have
1: fun, enjoy it. And like I said, just do your best, but don't take it too seriously. Everything's mm-hmm. going to work. out. I love that. I do think there's a lot of times where you get to that point in school, you get to that point in high school, secondary school, and you are terrified for the future because you, yeah. you are worried about university applications. You're worried about your dream job, There's so much you can't control in life that I think have fun is kind of the best advice. Those people, like you mentioned, those people you still hang out with and you you still catch up with, that's a great part of life. That's the thing that you're going to hold on to. It's not going to be that grade that you got in a physics class in your year 10 or whatever that you're going to obsess on because it didn't quite go right. It's going to be the friends. It's going to be those good memories. And that's such wonderful advice to everyone is to just have fun and don't take that moment for granted. I look back to school. I don't think of school as a time that, you know, I hated, I don't want to go back to it, but I also, I have great memories from it, but I do look back on it as a time where, wow, I do sort of wish I could go back to a time where those were my biggest problems where, you know, I wasn't worried yet about bills and about life and, All this other stuff that comes with it. Tax season was way off in the future. All these other stuff that I didn't have to learn about yet. So just have fun. Brilliant advice, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. What a wonderful way to finish the day. And with that, I would love to congratulate you on finishing your last first day. delighted what an accomplishment it was such a pleasure to have you on mate thank you so much for doing it so successfully is there anything that you want to promote share with the world before i let you go today no just like i said enjoy your
0: day folks have fun and uh, if you're listening to this podcast you're doing the right thing because this is fun man this is enjoyable this i'm getting chills here taking trips down memory lane like even thinking of some of the friends or some of the teachers or some of the feelings the sensations that you had back then of, of nerves you're not going to survive the day if you don't get this homework done. Like, everything's going to be fine. Yes. It's going to be fine. Take a deep breath. Do your best. Do your homework. I'm not saying don't do your homework, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just be a good person. Don't be an ass. Just be good to every, you don't know what everyone's going through in your class next to you. So just, just be good.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Well, Everyone out there, if you want to catch Kevin, check him out on Monday Night Raw on USA Network. And then catch Kevin as well on the Apple TV Plus coverage of MLS. Kevin, thank you so much once again, mate. Really, really do appreciate it. Such a pleasure to have you on. Oh, so much fun. Thanks a
0: for having me and uh, can't wait to listen tomorrow.
1: And so ends another Last First Day at the Last First Day Academy. Thank you so, so much to Kevin for joining me for his last first day for the first last time. Join me again next week when I'll have another fantastic guest who's currently doing up the buckles on their shoes, getting their pencil pouch together and getting ready to come up with a good excuse for why they don't have their homework as they start their last first day for all of you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, share the podcast, tell us stories about your most ridiculous school lunches. I want to hear all about them and more. Thank you to Ruben Alexander for the theme music for the podcast. Thank you to Acast for hosting it. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thank you to all the guests who have been on so far and the ones who are to come yet. But until next time, class dismissed.